Welcome to another enlightening episode of Elisha's Space. On today's show, we have the privilege of sitting down with the incredible Amy Vogel, a multifaceted individual who has made a profound impact through her work as an author, speaker, podcaster, and consultant. She firmly believes in the power of storytelling as a means to connect, heal, and empower individuals. Through her captivating storytelling abilities, she helps people understand their inherent worth and goodness. Her vision of wholeness transcends borders, reminding us that every human deserves an opportunity to thrive. With a genuine commitment to helping others discover their truest selves, Amy uses her platform and expertise to guide individuals on a journey of self-discovery. She recognizes that each person has a unique story waiting to be told and firmly believes that sharing these narratives can bring about transformation and growth. So join us as we delve into the power of telling your story with the remarkable Amy Vogel. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and encouraged to step into your own narrative and discover the transformative effects that await. Welcome to Elisha's Space with your host, Elisha. Let's dive in. Hello, audience of Elisha's Space. We are so glad to have you with us today. I don't take it as a small thing that you are joining me and our guest, Amy Vogel, here because we know that this is part of your healing journey. So as you take on and hear about the information and the resources that's there, my hope is that it'll take you to a better place in healing. It'll give you a resource or a reference. And if there's just one thing that you hear, even if it's just a snippet of information, I hope it brings you to a place of greater peace, happiness, and wholeness. So I have with me today, I'm very excited to share my guest, Amy Vogel. She is an accomplished author, speaker, podcaster, and consultant. And she tells her story through the form of story. And a lot of times when I see clients in the practice, I often talk about how part of the full circle of the healing journey is you reaching out to others in some size, shape, or form and you extending a hand out to others that are going through things within their healing journey. Not only is it nourishing for them, but I believe it's also nourishing for you, the individual, because you begin to see purpose behind what had happened. So I asked her on the show because we have a similar vision or mindset when it comes to that. And that's part of what she does as a story coach, and she helps people do that. So, Amy, I just want to thank you for coming on today. I think what you have to share is extremely important, and I just welcome you to Elisha's Space. Thank you so much. Yeah, I am really grateful to be here. I'm honored always to come on and have conversations about healing, about that process, about story. It's that vision that I really am committed to that we can live not just a better life, but have a better world because of it. So I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I believe that too. I often say that to the core, foundationally, 
if we treat people with kindness and respect, the world will be a better place. And I think part of showing respect is showing empathy and telling your story when it comes to helping other people. So I thank you for being a bridge person to help people with sharing their story. Could you tell a little bit more about your background and how you got started? I mean, what was your journey? I I know that you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do this. So (laughs) how did you get here? Sort of. No, I've done quite a few things in my life and always been in one of the out in front people. I was in sales for a while. Um, So I was always in front of people speaking. And um, after a long break where I was at home with my girls, primarily as a a stay-at-home mom, but I was also writing during that time, I got involved with the church and became uh, a volunteer, then moved into a ministry leadership role, then moved into a pastoral role. I'm not ordained, but everything melded together. And I always joke that if I'm ever to write a memoir or a biography, it's going to be called Holy Stumbler because I just seem to run into, almost stub my toe on the things that the, the divine and the things that God has for me. And so I say that all the time and it's really true. So when you say wake up one day, well, like it starts deep inside and then it works its way up until I'm finally conscious of it. But when my church ended in August of 2022, I took a long time because I was already going to leave my role. I was burnt out. I was depressed. I just had been learning the reality that I was living my life for 40 odd years with no boundaries. And that had created really a state of depression. I was still functioning. I was still there for my family. I was still working. I was, and I think this is a lot of people's experience as well. That I you, think so you too. Just, yeah. You just keep plugging along day by day until you can't anymore, until it somehow comes to a screeching halt. And I was given the gift of the way that I was living, even though I was planning on exiting it out myself, exiting out of that role myself. um, The day I went to give my notice was the day they announced the church was closing. So when I say I just stumbled into it, that's all of a sudden I'm right where I'm supposed to be, even though it I I took the rest of the year basically off to recover, to grieve, to uh, even that, even leaving that pastoral role. And this is something that I've had to, to wrestle with is that even not being in that role, I was still asked to, to counsel other people and to be there for other people while dealing with my own grief and my own depression and burnout. So took the rest of the year to do that. Finally, after about three months of that, of resting and reading, I found myself again in story. I read 77 books last year, mostly fiction, so very much story. And and I was able to start writing again. And my path through healing was this book called Come to Me. It's a devotional for healing from hurt that I released and self-published in April because that was my therapy. In, in addition to seeing my therapist and in addition to giving myself the grace and space each day to rest. But I did some writing and out of it came that resource. So that's how I arrived here. In January, I realized I wanted to make a go of this. I wanted to be an author, speaker. Well, the story coach thing came a little bit later. It came in about five or six months later because I'm, I figured out book coach is somebody who helps you write a book, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who helps you edit, helps you coach you through the outline. And yes, I can do that. But my skills are specific around how to craft a story, whatever medium that is. So it could be a podcast. It could be a blog. It could be, there's so many ways 
I was on a call with a guy yesterday and he was talking about doing these cohorts. And I was like, why don't you turn that into an online course? And he was like, I've never thought about that. So there's just so many ways to communicate a message, communicate a vision. And that evolved as I pressed into learning how to self-publish and going to speak to different groups and then figuring out, I really like to help people communicate hope and healing. And so how am I going to do that? So this has been something that's very new. January 2023 was the, the launch of all of this. And so still building. And, you know, I just love talking to people about where I've been, where I am now and where I'm going. I had a conversation with someone a few months back, survivor of sexual assault. It's been a while. She's gone through her healing journey. And we were having this very type of conversation of how do you craft your story? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you also want to do some protection too, because there may be some parties that aren't comfortable or don't want their names attached to your story. Yeah, you don't have to share all the nitty gritty details. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of my own personal story that I, I keep close to the best because right. the reality of healing is when you get to a place where you know you can share things, you, and however, minute that detail is that you share, even saying the words, I'm a survivor of sexual assault, that is part of the story. That is part of the healing because you can say those words. And so much of our history, our human history is for thousands of years, we communicated orally. We didn't write Mm -hmm. things down. And so hearing somebody's tone and vibrato and um, the way that they communicate the message, the authenticity that comes from inside, that's what's compelling about story. And sometimes you can get that if, if somebody has a really strong voice in a book, but that's why podcasts are so popular because people can hear my voice, they can hear your voice, and it's a much deeper level of connection. So right. there, there are all different levels to telling the story. And the first step is to get to a point where you can actually even say the word. And Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think what you're doing is so powerful. You briefly touched on this. I know you've already written some books. Can you talk a little bit about your upcoming book? Yeah, I have a really exciting project. I'm really Oh, I just love this book. So my previous two books that I've published, one was traditionally published and one was the, the independent book I, I'm, I mentioned under my publishing company. I've actually started a publishing company and they've both been nonfiction. I suspected that you did have a publishing company, but I didn't want to add. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's called A.W. Vogel Publishing. Yeah. And so the the goal is this is how we get stories out, right? Whether they're my stories or somebody else's stories. And so the, my first two books have been nonfiction, spiritual, uh, Christian-focused, Christian tradition-focused, lots of spiritual practice. This one coming out in January is my first fiction book. Really? Yeah, and that's been so fun to write. Uh, It just uses a different part of my creative work. Um, I love writing nonfiction, especially devotionals, because I've written so much of it. It's more like a snack versus a meal. Fiction, to me, is creatively a meal, right? You're communicating a lot in just a different way. And so this book is called Teleosis. And it's an, it's the subtitle is it's a novel of trauma and transformation. Ooh, I like it already. Go ahead. Yeah. And and it's, so teleosis is the Greek word for transformation and it's used a lot in church circles. And so I started writing this at the same time I started writing come to me 
And it was my way to process what I'd been through in a patriarchal system. The church denomination that I was a part of is very welcoming and is very open. I mean, as a, as a woman, I could preach, but it still had the, we still got patriarchy. I, everybody, in, the majority of people in charge are, are male. Mm-hmm. And I know that that affected how I did or did not advance in the process. So processing that, processing my religious trauma, if you will, the, the church that I was in and the way that it was closed, processing that, where is my faith now? So I did all of this through the story of a character named Anira Bohem. And teleosis itself in the book is a civilization. It's a civilization where she was the last high priestess. And so it's very matriarchal, very focused on women. And it was started in the creation time, but, you know, the biblical creation myth where, where this goes differently than how we see it. We see the fall of humanity as in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve ate the apple and Eve gets a lot of blame for that. In my book, I explore that never happened. The fall of Adam and Eve never happened. The fall happened when Cain killed Abel. Okay. So when harm and murder, violence entered the world, that's where things split. So, and so it explores how this ancient civilization has come up to modern day and a near story in that. So it's been really fun to write because my oldest daughter was the one, was one of the two people that was reading it as I wrote it. And she was like, I keep picturing you. And I'm like, it's not me though. It's just like all the thoughts in my head and I get to write it out in, in character form. So so it's, it's been really fun. And I, I think it's not just a relevant book. It goes along with this idea of a vision for a different kind of world. It's also, I think, a very different type of story also, because I'm in the process of writing picture books. So I'm writing picture books based off of 1 Corinthians 13 on love. And it's for children, I'd say like four to eight, that age range. So the way you write in fiction for certain platforms or formats is very different from how you write your novel. Yeah. Because I'm also in the process of writing a novel as well. Not mm-hmm. ready to talk about it. But it's a fictional series. And it's I don't want to call it a romance, but it's young women in different types of relationships and how the woman is able to pinpoint different things and get through those relationships healthy and not healthy as well. It's a series. It's like a romance. Okay. But it's not the knight in shining armor type of thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Your Prince Charming yeah. type of thing. I'm over that. Yeah. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. So yeah. I get what you're saying. I say all of that to say that with fiction, I'm finding that there is a lot, it's all creative writing, but it's very different. And so I get what you're saying when you say it's like a meal versus when you're writing something that's like a devotional or matter of fact, it's like the fiction gives you more, I don't know, the fiction gives you more leeway to do more things. Right, right. Well, and for me, it comes, writing fiction comes from a deeper creative place. Yes. I'm I'm a a serial romance, I'm actually writing a romance novel, a straight up romance novel. I write it under a pen name because I don't want to upset my mom. (laughs) You know how how romance books are. Right. (laughs) But that was also my way of processing my way out of purity culture. And while Mm -hmm. I wasn't in a denomination that made us wear certain things, I'm a woman and I was in the church and we still struggle with those standards and 
the often conflicting standards. And so I, I have the nonfiction, which is the devotionals, which are like a snack and then teleosis. And, and I'm planning my other books that I'm going to write the, the deeper fiction. And then somewhere in the middle is the romance because it's fun. It, it's not quite as deep, but I can still integrate pieces of, of real depth and real relationship. And so I have met myself in the writing too. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's really, it's a lot of fun. That's what hooks me on this idea of being a story coach. It's like when you tell your story, you not only connect to somebody, you connect that person to your wider experience and the wider world. And in my case, to the divine. And so it's powerful. It's really powerful. And that's the thing that people remember, right? People remember the stories. You you can give Mm -hmm. people advice and wisdom all day long, but if you, and I have teenage girls, so I know this, if you couch it in a story, Tell me, they always ask me, tell me something that happened to you when you were little. Right. Tell them a story about how I got bullied when they're struggling with a bullying kind of situation. And that sticks. That sticks with them. So story is just, it's beautiful and it's eternal. What I've also found too is the gift of telling the story when you're having a difficult conversation. So instead of telling someone when you responded to me in this way, this is how I felt. And then it becomes something beyond what you're meaning for it to be. Right. If you tell a story, actually, it was, I think about David, and I think his name was Nathan, the mm-hmm. prophet, mm-hmm. where Nathan told a story, right, mm-hmm. to David. It was after, okay, so let me give context here. It, and I'm going from memory, so I know that there are going to be theological people listening to the podcast. <laughs> I'll help you out because I love this story. I love this story. Right. Me too. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. So let me preface this. So what happened, this was after David had his tryst, we'll call it that, with Bathsheba. And David decided that he wanted Bathsheba for himself. He didn't want her to be with her husband. So they were getting ready to go to war. And he created the scenario under his command that this man would be in the front lines of the war where he would more than likely be killed. So indirectly, what was happening, audiences, David was ordering the murder of a man. Okay. And this is David who is after God's own heart, by the way. So through a a thing, or I'm so terrible, I'm so this, I'm so that. But anyway, (laughs) moving on. And Nathan approaches David about this. And instead of Nathan telling David, I know that you had this man killed because it was all done in secret. Right. So Nathan tells him a story similar to what David did. Completely different. And then David said, oh, well, that person should be killed. That is a terrible person. That person should be killed. And then Nathan says, but you did this same thing. Bro. (laughs) Bro, you're the man. (laughs) So I think about that when it comes to having those difficult conversations with people and how it's so important to use the art of the story 
so mm-hmm. people can hear you and really get what's going on too. Right. I used to very much use, especially in conflict with my ex-husband, I used to use analogies a lot, analogies and metaphors. And poor guy, poor guy. <laughs> he married a writer and she didn't know she was a writer, but she was telling stories all the time. So he he, he was my first audience. I I got to ask because it sounds, you touched on the fact that you've experienced some trauma. You've, mm-hmm. Some things happened in the church that wasn't nourishing for you. Let's put it that way. And then, so as a mom, just generally speaking, as a mom to girls, how do you portray your message? Because I know you had said from your book, your girls are reading your story. And they keep saying, uh, well, they they're reading Teleosis. They're not reading the romance book. Oh, okay. <laughs> but plus, because the characters in the book, they're a little too close to home. My character in the romance book has three daughters and they're all just like, mm-hmm. exactly. So if my children ever listen to this, which they never listen to any of my stuff, thank you. But they, they'll be surprised if they ever read it one day. They'll, they'll be seeing themselves in print. But in terms of sharing with them what goes on in my life, and what what has gone on in our family life. And I committed a long time ago to being honest with them, probably honest to a fault, not to sugarcoat things. Obviously, there's an age appropriate level where you can talk about things, but you don't have to get into the details, right? Because they're just little brains. I remember reading the book, The Hiding Place by Corey Tim Boom. That's one of and, my favorite books. I love yes, the, um, I love, I love uh, how she put things together in that book. Yes, but she tells a story about how she and her father were walking home from the train station one day. And she asked, I don't remember, she asked her father a question. And he said, carry my, going back to the story, he said, carry my suitcase, carry his briefcase. And so she tried to carry it for a while and she wasn't able to, it, it was too heavy. And so he said, I don't want to tell you too much about this because it's too heavy for you. And that's always stayed with me when I've encountered something with my girls that I've had to tell them just to make sure that it's age appropriate, right? So they can carry it. Love but that. yeah, it's always stayed with me. So I, I just do my best, to be honest. And my girls are extremely clever. They're very curious. And so they figure stuff out. They talk to each other because that's what sisters do. And then so sometimes they'll circle back and ask me questions. But I grew up in a home where there were a lot of, maybe not intentional secrets, but just a lot of information that wasn't shared. And so I grew up with a continuous feeling of confusion. Like I didn't really understand what was really, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted that for my girls. That was one of those things where I felt like honesty, authenticity was the vulnerability was the, was the key to making sure that not only do I have a relationship with them now in this moment, but as they grow up, they're the most important people in my life. And so I need to think long-term of the kind of relationship I want to have with them. So honesty, but all all the keys we know now, thanks to Brene Brown, are the keys to connection, right? Mm -hmm. Honesty, authenticity, and transparency. In fact, last night I had a moment where, because there's a lot going on in my personal life, it's just I hit a wall and my 10 year old walked in the bathroom and she said, are you crying? And I said, yeah. And so she hugged me and she said, well, what are you, or she said, what's wrong? And I said, well, I'm just scared. And she said, what are you scared of? And in that moment, it was all, there's so much unknown. And so I just told her, I said, just everything. I was having a moment where my fear was overwhelming and I just needed to be in that moment and let the emotion pass. And she was with me in that moment. 
So I didn't give her any details. I, I just had the one word for her and then I was okay. And I showed her in that moment that you can have those emotions as women do, as females do. You can have those emotions, but they don't have to, you don't have to spew them out on anybody else. You can process through, you can be healthy with it and be authentic. She needed to see her mom was human. And, and I, was I, think, human. I think it's so important. You made so many good points right there. Just with that story and the art of the story, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I think you made some really good points right there because when we're talking to young people, okay, they don't even have to be our children. It can be young people. We want to keep in mind of meeting them where they are. You know what I'm saying? And there right. are some things that that's why we have flexibility on platform of story. There are some things that they may not be ready or mature enough to process what they're hearing from you. So it's always better, I think, to meet them where they are and just give them just enough, I like the word carry, so that they can know what they can carry. Because a lot of times they're going through their own healing journey too. Right, right. Yeah, and who, who better to try and gauge what they need, but also with my teenagers, well, one of them is a young woman and one of them is on the cusp of really being a, a young adult. And so you ask, also asking questions. That's a big part of stories. Knowing how to tell your stories. Are you ready for this? Are you capable of handling this? Are, do you really want to know? And sharing what they're ready for as they, they see it and giving them the agency to make that decision for themselves. So as they get a little older, you can do that. But I love my young adults. I think they're incredible people. Everybody says they miss the little stages. I do too. I miss the toddlers and the babies, but I can't imagine not having the kind of connection I have with my girls because it is born out of honesty because they're just amazing people. They're really amazing people. So you ever sometimes look at your kids and you're like, how did you come out so good? <laughs> yes. Yes. All the time in the church, they're like, oh, your kids are behaving so wonderfully. And it's Sunday morning. And I'm like, you should have seen this on the way to church. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of God's grace because that's how we got here. Absolutely. I'm going to pivot a little bit regarding your role as being a storytelling coach. Can you walk? the audience through, I know there's a lot of variables, but can you walk them through what that looks like as far as what your philosophy is around that? What does a coach of story look like for them if they were going to be (laughs) such a client of yours? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm in the process of formulating this right now, and it's not a formula, but there's a few questions that you start with. And I think introspection, if, if you are interested in telling your story, the, the first thing you got to know is what, not just what you want to say, but how you want to say it. And that doesn't necessarily translate into a platform or medium. It, me, it just means for me, my, I came early to the, to the words, hope, healing, and vision. So everything I do, everything I say is geared around, even if it's nonsense. Like if you go and follow me on social media, there's tons of nonsense, y'all, because as you've heard, I I can go from silly to to deep in a heartbeat. That's just who I am. But you've got to know your intention behind the story. That intention can be for you. And I learned this in, in preaching class. The first sermon that you ever preach is to yourself, to the preacher. Right. Then you preach 
you, you actually put it out there, you preach the sermon and it's the sermon to the individual in the room. And then there's the collective sermon that the group hears. So knowing that there are levels to story and that you always, that first time you tell a story, it's always to you. You're the first audience. Then you work through and think through, okay, my, who, okay, so I've gotten this story that I want to communicate. Who do I want to tell it to? And what intention do I want them? What kind of experience do I want them to have through me telling this story? Right. So that's going to, that's going to guide a lot because it's going to guide what you say, how you say, what pieces you include, what pieces you don't include, your whole delivery, the medium, that the intention behind everything really informs the storyteller. And if you think about Grimm's fairy tales that came from myths that were passed down, there, there's a very specific intention mm-hmm. behind why one, why the Grimm brothers were writing these stories down, but also there was a specific intention of why these stories were created to begin with for safety, for protection. Don't go out at night, right? Right. Follow the breadcrumbs to the weird lady's house. You're going to get put in the oven. Right. So don't spend this night at other people's houses that you don't. Come on, common sense, y'all. Right. <laughs> Serving though, why do we tell these stories to children? But anyway, that's a whole other podcast. And I think I say that phrase on every podcast that I'm on. That's a whole other podcast because we go on tangents. But the purpose of story is to communicate a message. Right. So what is that message? And then so often people start with how they're going to do it rather than the why they're going to do it. So the, the how comes. Once you figure out the story you need to tell, who you're going to tell it to, and what your point in telling it is. I need to write this down because this is good. I'm going to write this down right now. Because I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm meeting with someone. I'm uh, a veteran. I'm working with, hopefully, working with a group of veterans that have gone through traumatic experiences on how to tell their story. That is cool. So, yeah. Yeah. That so, is super cool. Yeah. I, I think it's just a powerful thing. I think it's a powerful thing. And I... I often, like when I get to this place when working with clients and we have that type of conversation, do you want to encourage or uplift people? What is the purpose for it? Do you want to do what, like you were saying, a class? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Do you want to do a class? Because within that, you can tell your story. There's so many different ways you can tell your story. And I think intent is so important. And you can tell the same story on different platforms in different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the the most successful storytellers, if you really start listening, they're telling the same story over and over again. Right. They really are. They're just, they've just tweaked it. They've crafted it. Preachers do this. I mean, they take stories from the Bible and they retell them for the moment, right? The story is for the moment. Even if it is a timeless piece, even if story is eternal, you and I are going to take something away from hearing a story. Right. And, and and at different seasons of your life, you're going to take different things away from the story. That's that's why sacred texts are so impactful because there was there's a point in whomever is telling the story way back when, and then there's a point to telling them now, and then a point to telling them in the future. And this is a podcast where we talk about the stories around around mental health, but also faith of the Christian mm-hmm. faith for the mm-hmm. church. And what I think is so, so cool is we are made in God's own image, right? In the image of God, Mm -hmm. he created us. So we are made in God's image. 
And within that, in his image, we are able to be creative. So think about the many different ways God has done stuff creatively yep. and different. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's literally limitless. And that's the same thing. Oh, I love story. that word. It's so true. Yes. Yeah. It's limitless. And we are the Imago Day. We are the end. So men and women, and especially men and women together, and this was a big part of me writing Teleosis, the power of when we do come together and when we do communicate hope and healing and vision, it's just, it's love, really love mm-hmm. is what it is, the, the capital L love. It, it changes the course of history. It really does. Love is the most powerful form, force in the universe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is love. Yeah. I mean, there are so many verses that, that point back to that point back to God creating the world, creating humanity for a good purpose. And I think that's part of this too, is you sharing your story, I think is an act of love towards other people. Yeah. yeah. It's a share of, it's showing. good. I'm going to write that down too. Yeah. It's showing (laughs) empathy. I love doing this podcast. It shows empathy. You know what I mean? It shows care. It lets someone know you are not alone. And that's so powerful because a lot of times we feel like when we've gone through something, we're the only one that's gone through it. And when you hear someone's story, whether it be a fiction story or a story that is not fiction and whatever the format, a lot of times it gives you hope. And to me, hope is also a form of showing love towards other people. Absolutely. Well, neurological research has shown the cure for addiction is connection. Yeah. And what do human beings need but connection to belong, to be accepted, to be known? We know this. Science has proven it. Mm -hmm. And what better way to do that than by sharing your story? And when you share with your story with somebody, the thing about addiction is you're isolated, you're alone when you're in your addiction. And so the power of groups like Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous and and those groups is you come together and you share your stories and, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I can do this. I can live a different kind of life. And it's the community of being around other people and just knowing we're all, I, I hate to use these pun terms now, but it's true. We're all in this together. You know what I mean? But like we're, we are not our own island. There is someone out there that has gone through a similar situation as you, a member of the audience, and it can give you hope to hear that person's story. So yeah. imagine what it's like for someone else to hear your story, whatever yeah. your story might be. Right. That's Yeah. And that's that's the intention behind it. You can share a story for your own self-purposes, right? Your own selfish purposes. You can share a story that harms somebody. And when you share a story that harms someone else, whether that's an individual or a people group or something like that, deep inside, unless you're just dead inside, it feels icky. It feels icky on the inside. And when you share a story of hope, I, I believe that's God, the light of the divine pouring out of us. And we're like, oh, we, it's, a, it's a dual blessing. I, God gives so we can give and then we get back. So when we get, it's all symbiotic and works together. So. so, Amy, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because I just think it is such a powerful thing 
to tell your story. To be quite honest with you, I send this in a list out to the people I interview so that they won't be surprised by the questions and they can right. mentally prepare themselves. I haven't even gone through half the questions. <laughs> because yeah. because this has just been such a meaty conversation for the podcast. Yeah. I'd love to have you on the show again. Great. If somebody wants to reach out to you who needs help with sharing their story, how can they reach out to you as a resource? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm very active on Instagram. I post to Facebook as well, but I'm really active on Instagram. And on my Instagram bio and my handle on Instagram is A.W. Vogel. I don't know why I set it up that way, but it's A.W. Vogel at A.W. Vogel. And if you click on my the links in my bio, there are different ways to contact me. There are different resources. I've got a whole bunch of stuff out there. People can email me directly at Amy Vogel, A-M-Y-V-O-G-E-L, bookings, B-O-K-I-N-G, at gmail.com. I'm working on my website. It's out there, but I'm having it redesigned. So I'd say email me, check me out on Instagram, check out the links. I offer a free 30-minute consultation, and you can book that directly through the links on my, my link tree bio and Instagram. And in fact, my post today was about that. So yeah, I would love to help people tell their stories. My book is available on, on Amazon. If people want to check out my voice and, and also Teleosis comes out January 16th, 2024, and then it will also be on Amazon. <laughs> so this information will all be on the show notes as well. Yeah. So I'll have the links on the show notes. So those individuals who go on, all you have to do is click there and you'll see and as she lets me know about her website, I'll also provide that information as well, audience, okay? Yes. So thank you for being on the show. And audience, as we conclude, my hope and my prayer is that you heard just a snippet of this information and it brought you hope, it encouraged you, it brought you peace. And as you go forward in your healing journey, my hope from hearing this podcast is that you go into a greater place of wholeness. Thank you for joining us at Elisha Space. You are wanted here. You are protected here. And I just wish you guys the best. So see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll subscribe so we can keep the conversation going. Now go move forward in your healing journey.